uh, out of this happening yesterday and try to apply it on our journey home. I don't want to get 16 minutes from the house and fail. I don't want to get 16 minutes from my eternal destination and fail. Do you? One of the greatest ambitions I have in my life is probably not what any of you would tag me with. I want to finish this race at the house, not 16 minutes from the house. They were so close to home, and yet they never seen their family again. How close are we this morning to home? And what are the three facts I can give you that will encourage you from this, this mission to help us? Write this down. Number one, look on the screen. And, and here's fact number one. One cannot trust in knowledge alone and expect to get home safe. There, I said one cannot trust alone in knowledge. Now let me say something. God doesn't want any of us to die ignorant. God doesn't want any of us to die foolish. God doesn't want us living by a whim. God doesn't want us uh, bragging about stupidity. God wants us to know and to be known. He wants us to have knowledge. There's nothing wrong with having a brain and using it and getting ahead with it. That's why God put it above your shoulders, to have knowledge. But I said, one cannot trust in knowledge alone and expect to get home safe. Cape Canaveral and Houston Space Center has more knowledge packed in it. The Israeli airman or the Israeli uh, soldier that was on this journey, came here two years ago and took two years out of it, moved his wife and children here just to gain from that knowledge, and he made the statement weeks ago, he said, I have never seen brilliance at this level. He said, I have never known knowledge to be this concentrated. He said, this country is filled with Space knowledge. And he said, I feel comfortable on this mission. And they had knowledge personified, knowledge of the, the solar system, knowledge of the vast spaces where the Columbia would fly. They had all kinds of knowledge about this. But let me say something to you. Let me quote something he said that I don't want to forget. There is so much. Uh, put into this expedition in knowledge that is almost impossible to be fatal. He said those things just happen in the movies. He was so comfortable with the knowledge that, that NASA was able to give him that he thought it was virtually impossible to have any kind of a fatality. Sixteen minutes from home and fail. Why? I don't know all the reasoning, and I don't know why all of the difficulties. I didn't come here this morning to do anything but say hallelujah 
for the space program and glory to God for America, and I'm glad for everything they try to do. But listen to me. You can have all your I's dotted and all of your T's crossed, and before you know it, your knowledge will not get you safely home. I must make this statement. It's not what you know, but who you know is going to get you safely into the Father's house. Somebody in this room may be just hours from eternity. You say, what are you talking about? I'm not but 22 years old. Oh, no, what you are is one heartbeat. Just one heartbeat from seeing eternity firsthand. Are you listening? But I'm a, I'm a university graduate. I've got my life in front. Boast not thyself for tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And I texted, what is your life? It's like a vapor. It, it, it appears for a little while, and then it's vanished away. Are you in your vanishing away end of life? If so, it's not what you know when we bury you that will get you ready for eternity, but who you know that will make you right for him. 2 Timothy 3, 7 says, says, Ever, this is America, this is our country. I love it, but it has its problems. Ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Ever learning, always stockpiling intelligence and denying the virgin birth. May I say something to you this morning, and may you hear it with all of your heart. Many know about Jesus, but have never known or embraced Jesus. Many know about His cleansing power, but have never been washed in that blood. Many know about His death, burial, and raising from the dead, but have never been raised by Him. Many know about His mercy and grace, and sing about it, but never have applied it to their own heart. Many know about calling on Him for salvation, but never have called. Many know He saves from life of destruction, but continue to destruct. Many know that he'll take you to heaven, but continue to go to hell. Many know that he's a call away, but they never pray the prayer. Many know all about religious faith, but never put their faith in the main character of religion. That's Jesus. It's not who or what you know, or how much information you have about religion. It is how you put your trust in him yourself. The Bible says, now it's touching things off and under idols. We know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up. But charity or love edifies. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd rather die without knowing a fact and love Jesus as to know everything about everything and be able to recall it and die without God. I had rather know Jesus in the power of his resurrection and have him as my... I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about baptisteries. I'm not talking about communion cults. I'm not talking about joining nothing. I'm talking about bowing your head in a church like this one. I'm talking about coming to grips with the truth. I'm talking about coming to God this morning and saying, God, I've got a lot from here up, but I haven't got a blessed thing from here down. We don't need a head knowledge. We need a heart knowledge of the Lord Oh, help us. Oh, that knowledge 
everything coming apart. All of that knowledge, all that intelligence, and not a blessed thing anybody could do, but watch it burn. It's not what you know, and that's evidence of it. All the knowledge those people had, I'm sure there were some Christians in that church. I'm sure, just as sure as I'm standing here, I believe somewhere in that shuttle there was a, a Christian or two. And I promise you this, when they went down, their knowledge as well as the knowledge of those that was lost on that mission, it didn't matter. They weren't spitting out their intelligence. They weren't bragging about their degrees. They weren't trying to tell everybody how smart they were. It was probably like, oh, God. As they burnt the flesh off the body, as they went down, and nobody was talking about how much they knew. Everybody was talking about who they hoped they knew. Let me ask you a question. Do you have all kind of knowledge about Jesus, but you never have knelt down and personally said, I surrender God and throw in with him? Number two, notice the second thing, if you will, with me. One cannot trust others to get him home. You can't trust what you know. Are you listening from here up? You must trust who you know in a heart relationship. And number two, you cannot trust others to get you home. In the grandstands at Cape Canaveral, where they took off, family members, well-wishers, packed in there by invitation only. They're packed in there, awaiting the sonic boom knowing they were coming home. People in Houston waiting. I mean, congratulate. They were congratulating themselves. Sixteen minutes to sit down, they said. And all of those people, and how many millions watching it on television. I mean, it was just an absolute phenomenon, always has been. To me, I've seen that shuttle on a couple of occasions take off, and it is just phenomenal what those people know. It is phenomenal what those people do. But all those people said, as well as I, and as well as you and all of us, and we couldn't help one of them get home. Not one of them was helped by other people. Houston, all they could do was radio the president or call him and tell him, we've lost contact with the Columbia. All he could do, powerful, yes, powerful, absolutely, stood with a bewildered look on his face like he needed something else to worry about. He said, the shuttle, we've lost contact with the shuttle, and I quote, there are no survivors. Looks like the most powerful man in the world or the most powerful man in this continent, could have done something to get them home. They won but 16 minutes from the house. Isn't there somebody in one of the armed forces or in the shuttle program that could have got them home? They, look, they're on the screen. They watched the screen. They watched the computer. They heard the database. And all the folks that sat in the grandstands waited and could not get one of them to the house. 
You say, that's a tragic thing. Well, let me tell you something just as tragic or worse. Is that your daddy was a preacher. That's great. Your grandpa was an evangelist. That's wonderful. Your mama was a saint. Praise God for good mama. Your grandmother was a power warrior. Hallelujah. For a gray-headed grandma knows how to get in touch with God. Your uncle was a deacon. Hallelujah. Your relatives and relatives were church workers. And all of your deceased relatives are buried at the Great Workers Baptist Cemetery in Good Works, USA. Great! But I want to tell you something. You could be 16 minutes from home and none of those people can get you there safely. You're seated with your spouse this morning. Your spouse cannot make a decision for you to get you home. You are here with children that love God. You are here this morning. God brought you here to hear this because you have been saying, my grandmother was a good Christian. My daddy was a good Christian. My uncle was a good Hey, hey, let's stop right there and halt the conversation. Not who are you kin to here, but have you rightly related with Christ there? Do you know for yourself? I was talking to a man one time years ago. He wouldn't come to church. He never has. He said, I'm not a churchgoer. I said, well, that's not the most important thing. It's what you learn when you do go that's going to help you. He said this to me. He said, my family is buried in Edgefield. He said, if I ever want to go, I'll go up there where they are. I thought to myself, I don't care if your family is buried in the greatest cemetery with gold gates and pearl ivory hinges on it. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody dead or alive is going to make one difference in your relationship to God except you. I'm glad to know there's one decision I can make and nobody can make it for me. There's one decision I can make and nobody can change it. And that is the decision to make it home on time. And I'm glad the Lord has precisely made it so. Let me ask you a question. Are you trusting in who's watching and observing and with you to get you home safe? Or have you made that decision for yourself? A lot of things Mama can do. A lot of things Daddy can do. A lot of things Preacher can do. But only one thing, only one thing that you can do for yourself that makes a difference, and it's this. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And the Bible says, Whosoever not shall be kin to a Christian, but shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. One cannot trust in knowledge alone and expect to get home safe. It's proof on the news. Smartest people in the world are, in that, are the scientists in that space program. They said it on TV last night. Some of brilliant minds are in that program. And they couldn't get seven people. It's not what you know. It turns to who you know when your face is straight down eight or 10,000 miles an hour. Number two, one cannot trust others to get them home. 
children in our schools sometimes make statements like, I don't have to do that. Mom and Daddy has. Mom and Daddy won't cut it when it comes to Jesus. Grandpa and Grandma won't cut it. It's what are you going to do with him? Number three, one cannot neglect the little matters of the journey and make it home. One cannot neglect the little matters of the journey and make it home. They said last night that one of their reasonings now is that when the shuttle was sitting, getting ready to take off, a car came off of the fuselage at the top. Did you see it? And the car fell to the left wing and knocked a chunk out of the end of it. And when they were coming back into orbit, they say they think that it, they know it's on the left side where the trouble started. And they think that when they came into orbit, that the weakness, it was 22 years old. And they think mental fatigue over there was a problem. And when that one tile knocked the tip over that wing, they said when it re-entered, they think that the, that the fracture ripped the wing off and that there was fuel around that. And they think that's, that's just a simple, quick discussion. But I thought to myself, one tile and the whole thing is a ceremony. Funeral services. They also said that because of the mental fatigue of the 22-year-old uh, spacecraft, that there was some problem with weakness and weary metal. I thought some never make it home because they get tired. Some give up in the journey and give up in the fight. And pieces start falling off. And they never make it home safe. And you know another reason they're, they're tattooing to it is that the space uh, program had been cut $15 billion this year. And they're saying no commitment to the program has caused some of this. <laughs> no commitment to the program will stop you 16 minutes from getting home today. Ladies and gentlemen, Pay attention to the little things, because little is much when God is in it, and everything is nothing when he isn't. Zechariah 4.10 says, For who hath despised the day of small things? We want to take care of the public services. We want to take care of the hot shots. And we want to take care of all the big situations. But you know something? If you're just sick, minutes from home, if you are going into the pearly gate, if you're going to stand before God in just a little while, listen to me, if you want to make it home safe and right, you need to, and I need to make sure we pay attention to the small things in our life, because they're the things that trip you. Oh, I know prayer is just a small thing to many people, but I must pray to make it home safe. I know giving it don't mean much to some people. It's just a small piece of the trip, but I must obey God and give. I must gather with God's people. I, I know it's a small thing, and, and many neglect it as a small thing, but I don't want to distract before I get home. I must serve in my gift. I know it's just a small thing. Some folks think they can't do it very well, but I must pay attention to that small gift God's given me so that I can get home safely. I must love people no matter what. 
If I'm to get home safe, what I'm trying to tell you this morning, listen to me. If we're going to make it home safe, we can't let the little things slide because they mount up and trip us up before we Stand with me. Please. Look at these three things. They're signals from the shuttle. Number one, it's not what you know or what you don't. It's who you know and who you don't know. I'm a Baptist. There's nothing wrong with being a Baptist. I'm a Methodist. Nothing wrong with being a Methodist. You say, I'm this or I'm that. May I say something to you? This or that is about all you are if Christ is not the common denominator in the middle of your being. There's people in this audience this morning who have been saved recently, and I know your heart is made glad that God thought enough of you to come to you and save you. I have been saved a long time, but I'm just as glad as a brand new kid over the fact that my sins have been forgiven and my name's written down in heaven. <laughs> Amen. I mean, it's Christmas every day. Ho, ho, ho. Isn't it wonderful? To know if anything happens to you, that everything's all right. Give God praise. If you're glad, you don't try to make it home safe. Those people didn't know what was going to happen. They had all the, and I would have too. I think they should have had all the confidence in the world. In the world. But there's a confidence out of this world. And that confidence is knowing Jesus Christ personally and approves you for the journey. What a blessing. Remember, you can't trust others to take you home. I don't care how many people are watching, you'll disintegrate. No helps there. You must make that decision, you and Jesus. And then one cannot neglect the little matters of the journey. And make it home like you ought to. Pray on, church. Give on, church. Love on, saints of God. Keep living out of your gift and giving God your best. And I promise you this. When it comes time to arrive, you'll sit down just like God wants to land you in His blessed presence. They won't be flying flags or half masts. There won't be black dresses and black veils brought to funeral services and coffins. It's going to be celebration and jubilation in the house of celebration. Tasty. Lord Jesus, this morning, Father, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Lord Jesus, I pray, Father, for that one who has fallen in here today, Lord, not knowing where they stand between you and when and how they go to heaven, what determines whether they go to heaven. I pray, Lord Jesus, that there would be no one in this room that would leave here today without having settled beyond a shadow of a doubt and that their place in heaven is locked in, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, that you would make your way up and down these aisles, Father, and that you would, that you would massage hearts, Lord Jesus, and that you would, you would move in people's souls, dear God. Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name, Father, to cause those who know, those who have no doubt because they've settled it years ago, to learn to rejoice 
not in that they can cast out devils, not as they can do mighty wonders, but in that their name is written in the heavens. Thank you for that saving knowledge in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Holy Spirit, try to do what I, I thought you wanted me to. Try to do what I think you told me. Try to do the best I could at doing it. I want to ask you to make up where I failed. I want to ask you to get glory where there was any success. And I want to ask you above my ability and above my words and above my thoughts, I want to ask you to speak to that sinner this morning and bring them home to Christ. I want you to make that saint see this morning. If they'd have been on that shuttle yesterday, they'd be at the big meeting this morning. And God, we don't have to die and go to hell. We don't have to die and fry like a meat skin. We don't have to die and fall off into the charred walls of the doomed and damned. I want to thank you this morning that you've made a way whereby we may escape, and that way is through the blood of Christ. I pray today, Lord, that that one that's been holding out, that one that's been holding on, that one that's been holding forth, I pray, oh God, they'd come let you hold them. And we'll give you glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving. Steve's playing something on the pen. How many children of God, born again and know it, would find you a place in this altar and say, Thank God, if it had been me, I'd be home safe. If it had been me, I want to rejoice in the fact that God has settled my account in glory. I'm not coming boastfully. I'm not coming proud. I'm not coming arrogantly. I'm not coming selfishly. But I'm coming and I'm kneeling and thanking God that God has saved me by His grace. And I want to come and thank Him for it. Right now, people are coming right down the aisle. Come on, right now.